<laughs> Glory to God. Everybody happy today? God's Word's rich, and it's good. And it's His Word. It's not my Word. It's His Word. So let's believe with Him together for everything that He would have put out today, not for anything I'd say because it wouldn't be so great. But what He has to say has eternal and great value. Father, we thank You for Your Word today, Lord. We come in together in agreement for utterance and revelation and anointing, Lord, that it become that it be Your Word that go forth, not the words of man, not opinions or ideas, but Your way, Your will. Lord, we ask that You help us to be receptive hearers, that we hear with our ears, we receive in our hearts, and we produce fruit in our own lives and in the lives of those of others. We thank You for everything that your word will do in our lives and through our lives today. We give you glory in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Glory to God. Well, thank you, Lord. He is so good, isn't he? Man. Man, I'll tell you what. We just get out of bed every morning and recognize the love of God in our lives, how much he loves us and how much he loves through us. And we will make a difference everywhere we walk that day. Even if you didn't see the difference you made, if you walk in and through the love of God every day, you will leave a wake behind you of people that are blessed. Amen? Glory to God. Open your Bible up to Hebrews 11. We'll start there. We've been looking at the book of James, and we're still going to kind of be in the book of James. Uh, I don't know which direction we'll go. I just put a bunch of verses on the pages and say, let's go, God. And uh, he's been leading us real good. He's been uh, he's been showing me great things. I I hope I hope you all are enjoying it and learning as much as I am. And uh, he's a good God and he's trying to get good things to us so that uh, we can be blessed and so that people around us and through us can be blessed. Amen. And he's been doing it. Thank you, Lord. Hebrews 11. And uh, verse, let's go start in verse 5. Verse 5, because it talks about Enoch. You know, and, and really it didn't have anything to do with my sermon, except I think that's just pretty cool. You know, Enoch was, was so in, he was so hooked with God that God wanted him by him. You know, in other words, he was spending more time with God than he was spending on this earth anyway. So God said, you might as well come on. How many would like for God to enjoy your company the way He enjoyed Enoch's company? Amen. You know, a lot of people say, well, He did this so the prophecy could be fulfilled in the book of Revelations. He's one I don't care. God loved him and He pleased God. This is what it's talking about. It's not talking about the book of Revelations. It's not talking about any of that. It's talking about He pleased God with His faith. Amen. And, and I don't doubt that part of that other is true. I mean, I don't know. It's not what I do. <laughs> Sorry. If I started talking about it, I'd sound really more stupid than sometimes I do. Amen? But we're not talking about that. We're talking about He pleased God to such a point that God said, I want you with me. God enjoyed Adam's company before Adam separated. Amen? And he has, he has wanted that company back ever since that day. His design was to remain in contact with his man all the days of their life. And through Jesus Christ, he gained that contact back. Amen. How many know that if we'll do it, he'll spend time with us? 
Every one of us, individually, He will spend time with you. Amen? If you can keep the devil from condemning you and keep yourself from listening to him and keep keep our minds focused on who he is and, and his goodness in our lives and just hearing his voice, he'll spend days with you. He wants to. You know, I was, I was driving down the road one day. I know I've told this before, but um, I don't know. I just felt like I hadn't spoken to God, just kind of, Spoken around God. Everybody, everybody ever talk like that? They, they, they talk around Him like almost like He's not there. And then you realize, wait a second, He's right here. And He's hearing everything I'm saying about Him like He's not here. But yet He's here. He's right here. And so I just stopped and I said, well, God, how's everything going today? And He said, it's going great. Everything that I plan is going to come to pass. And I just thought, yes, it is. That is absolutely true. Everything he's planned is going to come to pass. <laughs> but he'll talk to us just that simply if we'll listen. Enoch, and it pleases him to do it. Why? Because it takes faith. You know, people say, oh, you hear them? <laughs> they said they talked to God. <laughs> people that go to church will laugh at you when you tell them you heard from God. They will, and they'll t- Ooh, spooky boy, hearing from God. Call me spooky all you want. I want to hear from God. I want to know that when I say, hey, God, he says, hey, Dave. And I believe that. And it takes faith to do. Enoch believed so much in walking and hearing from God that he spent his days with him. And God said, I need to hug you. You come on up here and see me, son. Translated him. Glory to God. And it says in the in the Young's literal translation, it said that he had pleased God well. You know, the one only one thing would be better than pleasing God, that'd be pleasing God well. Huh? You know, if somebody came to you and said, I please God today, and said, I pleased Him well. <laughs> Might not want to do that in pride, but... Pleasing God well. Glory to God. And these are the verses that precede 11.6, which is the one we quote so often. That He pleased God well. And then verse 11.6, keep it in the... Uh, Young's literal, and it says, and apart, he didn't even stop. You notice there's, that's not a big A. See how I learned that in school? At the beginning of every sentence, you got to put a big A, capital A up there. You can't just put the little one. That's a little one. That means he didn't even stop talking. He didn't even stop talking. Enoch pleased God well, and apart from faith, it is impossible to please well. He's still talking about Enoch. But he's saying, apart from faith, it's impossible to please God well. Amen? And then he starts talking in weird language. He says, for it behooveth. I'm guessing some... We we want to be behooved if this is behooveth. Right? Because it behooveth him who is coming to God to believe that he is. It, it, It is in our best interest is what I believe behooveth means to me. It is in my best interest, if I'm coming to God, that I need to believe in the person of God. 
right? But that's not enough because that doesn't say so. Remember we talked about Matthew 6.33 and, and it says seek ye first the kingdom of God and it doesn't say so and it says and these things. And these are, this is an and and it says and those who seek Him, he's still talking about the same ones who believe in Him, they're going to seek Him. Those who believe in God and seek God, He becomes their rewarder. Glory to God. Now King James says, and He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And I like that verse that way, but I really like to see it in this order. Because in this order is how God works. Those that seek Him, He becomes your rewarder. In other words, you're not seeking Him for the reward. You're seeking Him, and because you sought Him, He reward you are you get the reward. What's the reward of becoming a son of God? You're healthy all the days of your life. You're prosperous in every way. You're right. You have salvation. You're going to live in the kingdom of God someday, in heaven with Him. But you're going to have all the best before you get there. Glory to God. But you're not seeking all the best. You're seeking Him. And by seeking Him, you gain who he, what He has. You seek who He is and you gain what He has. You cannot seek what He has and gain who He is. That's what He's talking about when He's talking about people that are looking for works. They're trying to get something to get them into something. You know, many times faith people get into works. They're trying to find the newest method to get their healing. There is no new method to get healing. You be healed. We talked about it last Sunday. CD will be up there probably. We don't, we're not, we don't have any new methods. God's not coming up with a new... You know, when you mess up, He doesn't have a new method of forgiving you. The old time forgiveness still good enough for you. Why? Because it is eternal. Everything God did was eternal. And it reached as far back and beyond history and it reaches as far forward and beyond the future that it'll never stop. Everything He does is infinite and eternal. And everything He does is good. So He's infinitely and eternally good to you and me. Glory to God. If you just woke up every morning and thought about that, you'd have a great day every day. You'd say, I wonder how it'll go for me today. Well... My God is infinitely and eternally good to me, so I guess it'll go good. Yeah. It wouldn't matter what you had facing that you that day. You would know it's getting ready to go good. Because your infinite, eternal God is good. Amen? And we don't get stuff from Him by serving Him. We serve Him and stuff just comes to us. It's like Abraham. All of a sudden, he went. They said he left the land where he was coming. He did what God said. Next thing you know, and he was rich. It doesn't say he sought rich. It doesn't say he sought to be rich. It says because he did what the Lord said and believed God, Abraham became very rich in silver and cattle and everything. He became rich. Right? Now, if he would have done it to become rich, that wouldn't be in the Bible. Because he wouldn't have become rich. His motivation would have been wrong. He would have been motivated towards the money and the cattle and everything and not motivated towards God. He was motivated to believe in God. Not to believe in what God had, believe in who God was. Amen? 
That's why we say God's good so much around here. Because if you'll believe He's good, you'll wake up every morning with a burning desire to serve Him. Not to get something from Him, just to be around Him. Just to be doing what He says to do. Just to know, you'll have the biggest smile on your face. People say, why are you smiling so big? You say, I just know I'm in the will of God today. I just know that right here in this place, I am in the very will of the Lord. Glory to God. And being in that will will cause you to smile. You won't even have to wonder what He's giving you for being in the will because that's not why you're there. You're there because you love Him. You're there because you believe in His goodness towards you and through you. That nothing He does stops at you. Amen? And your heart becomes the very heart of God. Amen? You begin to do everything not to get something, but to be like Him. Because you found out who He was, and now the greatest desire of your heart is to be like Him. Amen? Amen? How many know, like there was a day when you thought, before you were a teenager, when you thought your dad and mom were the greatest? (laughs) And guess what, teenagers? You'll think that again someday. Because they are. They are. They're mom and dad, and they remain mom and dad. Even when you're mean to them, and you don't like them, and you go in your bedroom and you call them names. None of y'all do that, right? And you say, I don't understand why they don't want me doing this, and I can't do that, and that, that, do it, that, that, that. And then one day you'll realize that they loved you. And you'll come back around and you realize you're getting ready to be one of them. And you'll say, you know, I want to be like them. And they'll say, you know, we want you to be better than us. Why? Because their love doesn't stop. Glory to God. But as we learn about the Lord, our desire grows more for Him. Not for, not for what He has, for who He is. Because He is love. And as we seek Him, we are seeking and, and, and gaining the very qualities of love within us. And, and you find yourself doing things that you now see glorifying God. You see yourself and, and God working through you, and it glorified the very Father of Heaven. And man, will that make you smile? Sure, it'll make you smile. You could do nothing else good all day, but if you did that one thing... That one thing, and you glorified God, that'd be more than enough for you. Right? Would it be more than enough for you guys? Oh, man. That, that's where I want my heart. That's where you want your heart. Our hearts should be knit as one with the Father. So that when He asks us a question, we answer His answer. Why? Because you know His heart. And not only do you know His heart, your desire is His desire. Amen. He's now changed you. You know, a lot of people, you know, they say, well, He says we can ask for anything. He does. He says, if my word be in you, and you be in my word, right? Or vice versa, right? If you remain in me and my word remain in you, ask what you will. But you got to have the first two. Because if His word remains in you, 
and you remain in His Word, you have the very heart of God. Because the Word of God is the heart of God. It is Jesus Christ, the person of Jesus Christ. And so you do those two things, you will ask what you will, because what you will will be what He will. And it will be done, because why? Because it's His will. You know, a lot of people think it's a get-rich scheme. But it ain't, because you can't do it without the heart of God. There's no verse that says, ask without heart. Every one of them, you must first have the heart of God before you ask. Because if you ask without heart, you ask amiss. Amen? You ask amiss. Go back to James. Or go to James. I guess we hadn't been there. I'll read you another verse while I run away. Matthew 5.8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. What's he talking about there? Well, Dave, what's that got to do with it? It has everything to do with it. The pure in heart have one motivation, and it's God. The pure in heart see everything God's way. It says they'll see God. Why? Because they're not looking for something else. If your heart is pure, you're not looking for for prosperity. You're not looking for everything that God has. You're looking for everything that God is. And when you get what He is, you'll have what He has. Amen? Why? Because by finding Him, you become His. And as you become His, you have, you have access. What did, the, what did the prodigal son father say to the second son? He said, all that I've had has been yours. You just ain't been using it. He would say to us, it's all yours. Amen? By, by seeking who He is, you'll have what He has. But you can't seek who He is to have what He has. If you're seeking it just to get what He has, then you're not really seeking who He is. You understand that? You understand how we could get confused on that as humans? Because we're raised as little kids, right? With the M&Ms. Huh? Go to the potty. (laughs) Mommy will give you an M&M. Huh? (laughs) It's a trade. God ain't trading with you. He's saying, I'll give you my will. I'll show you my way. And if you'll seek me, you'll have everything I am. Amen? You know, I purposed in my heart when Ramsey was fairly little not to trade with her. It's a tough thing to do. Because there's days where you just want to say, I'll give you anything if you'll just do this. Want a puppy? Huh? A lion? A tiger? Huh? We'll build a big cage. Can you just please do one thing I say today? And don't you feel like God probably says that on days? About the end of the day, He says, Dave, are you going to do anything that I've asked you to do today? And you're stopped for a second. You're like, wow, Lord, I've really been a brat, huh? And He says, yeah, but man, I love you. Now go out and do what I say. Why? Because you love, because I love you. Amen? But I purpose not to trade with her. Trades are not what God does. He's not trading with you. You're not getting something because you did something. You're getting something because you are something. And unless you become, you'll never have. Right? People not born again, trying to pray and get things from God, it ain't happening. 
You have to become a child of God to pray and get things from God. The prayer you should be praying is, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Then you are a child. And you have access to all the goodness of God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Man, I should have put all that in my notes so I could go back and look at it. Thank you, Lord. Where did I say go? James? James 4. Verse 1. It says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Huh? Notice he doesn't talk about God's desires, your battle between God's desires and your desires. You know, a lot of th- people think it's a good versus evil desire. No, it's an evil versus evil desire. It's you want this and you want this and you can't have this, but you might get this. I just want them both. Can I have it all? <laughs> How many know your flesh wants everything the way it wants it, when it wants it, how it wants it, and it will do anything to another person to get it. The flesh will. Aren't you glad you got the Holy Ghost so you ain't like that anymore? Because the flesh will do it that way. And the flesh is weak. It will give up the very gift of God. The very gift of God for a moment of pleasure or for a moment of just getting its way. It's not even pleasure. It just got my way. Right? Look at Esau. Esau in Genesis 25. You don't even have to go there. He's in Genesis 25. You guys know about Esau. He went out in the woods and he got hungry. Right? Didn't get no, he didn't get no meat. So he was really hungry when he came in. You know, I'm convinced this is why later on it says God hated Esau and he loved Jacob. You know, I realize it's talking about a child of grace and a child of the flesh. But God hates a heart that will trade the eternal for the temporary. Amen? And that's what our flesh will do. Esau came in and he was hungry. Man, he was so hungry, it, nothing else mattered to him. What? Because his flesh was screaming so loud that he couldn't have heard his spirit if it had yelled at the top of its lungs. Flesh was winning out all the way. And he was hungry. And Jacob knew it, and he was tricky. And Jacob wanted that birthright because he knew the value of it. And he knew he couldn't have it any other way. And at all cost, he was having that birthright. And he knew Esau's weakness. He said he got a lot of flesh. He got a lot of flesh. And so he cooked him some soup. And Esau came in and he says, give me some of that soup. And Jacob says, give me that birthright. And Esau... Esau, he says, what good's a birthright to me? I'm about to starve to death. What good is a birthright from the Lord? What good is your position with the, the, the God of heaven and earth? He gave up his birthright for a bowl of soup. People say, oh, I'd never do that. You'd never catch me doing that. I'd never give up my birthright. We do it every day. When you choose to yell at the driver in front of you, (laughs) and you know you're going to yell before you do it. Okay, let me rephrase it. And I know I'm going to yell before I do it. (laughs) 
And I could stop. And I say, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to yell. They're not driving good and they ought to know about it. What did you just do? You began to act like who you were and cast off who you are. Right? You're born again. You're born again. And every time we act unborn again, is that a word? It is today. Every time we act unborn again, we despise our birthright. Because born again made us patient and kind. Born again made us to be who God says we are. And we have abilities beyond what we show. But you've got to have the heart of God and desire to do that more than eat the soup. Jesus had the same offer. The very same offer that Esau had, Jesus had. Forty days. You think he was hungry? I reckon his flesh was screaming about as loud as your flesh can scream. So, oh, but he was Jesus. He had flesh. And he was hungry. And the devil came up to him. Gave him an idea. Right? It's the same offer. Sell your birthright. Make those, make that bread, make those stones into bread. And he would have sold his birthright by doing it. And we all wouldn't be here today. Right? Because our Savior wouldn't be there. But our Savior, He overcame temptation. He was no Esau. He was strong in the Lord, in the power of His might. And He said, no, no. First of all, I never do what you say, Satan. I do only the things that my Lord says. And I don't live by bread alone. I live and I have life and I have my being through every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He did not trade the eternal for the temporary. Glory to God. That's the God we serve. And that's our Savior. That's the One who went to the cross and died for us. He overcame everything. Little bitty things that we trip and fall over. He overcame them for us. So now when we trip and fall, He picks us up. He picks us up and says, Come on, I already overcame this for you. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it because I did. I did it so I know you can. You don't got to yell at that driver. You don't got to be offended and quit church. Offense. That's a bowl of soup. Offense is a bowl of soup. Many have traded their place in God just so they can be offended at somebody in their church. And they've left their place over an offense. And we believe for mercy for you, me, and anybody else that that temptation comes to because it will come to us all. And only God's mercy is the reason you and I haven't or have and come back. (laughs) Should say that more than likely. (laughs) We've all messed up and we're just back. We're here. Thank you, Lord. Offense. Offense, offense. I know I talk about it, but it is a church member destroyer you know the world can get offended and be offended all they want they don't have the holy ghost 
They don't have the love of God. They do not have forgivability in them. We have the greatest power known to man, and it is forgiveness. It is the very love of God in action, erasing somebody's offense against you and your offense against God, and takes you from being this to being that in a moment of time. And it can take the person that offended you from being a person who offended you to being your brother in a moment of time. If you'll just use it, if I'll just use it, and we'll not lose our place, we'll not get the bowl of soup. I don't like soup that well. Anybody here want to trade their birthright for a bowl of soup? We're not going to do it anymore, are we? Say it after me. I'll not not ever ever trade trade God's gifts for a bowl of soup or any other reason for all the days of my life I'll serve Him and love others with all my heart in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Boy, if you just came for that, that's that's the Gospel preached right there. Thank you, Lord. James 4, is that where we were? What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something, but you can't get it? Notice all the you's and you's and you's? Why? Because this is you trying to be your God. Right? This is your answer to your problem. You want to do it. You, if I just had three more jobs, if I just had a credit card, if I just had this, if I could just do that, if those people weren't against me, if this... I just want this. All I want is this. What? Your desires that battle within you. That word desires is the same word for lust that is up in the first chapter of James. Your lust. When does sin come? When your lust conceive. That's when sin comes. That's when sin comes here too. When you conceive your lust, sin will come. Amen? Amen? And he says... This is, this is why you, there's quarrels and strife among you. Why? Because, well, they got it and I didn't. Why'd they get it and I didn't? I prayed too. Why should they get it and I shouldn't get it? I prayed. I prayed every day. I pray every day. I pray every day. for an hour. Hour or two, come to church, sit on the front row some days. Some days I sit in the back because I don't like the front. But most of the days I sit in the front because I like to be known right here at the church. And I do it. I do everything I can do to be with the Lord. I work in the parking lot, the cleaning team, and I come in three times a week. If they need me on communion, I'll be at communion. By golly, I do what it takes to get it. Why'd they get it and I didn't? Man, the next thing you might as well do is fall down on your face, kick your legs, and pound your fist, and whine. And guess what you'll still have? Nothing. Because your motivation is wrong. First of all, you know your motivation is wrong when you're working for it. You don't work for anything that God has for you. If you work to get it, God didn't give it to you. You got it on your own. And if you got it on your own, it ain't His, it ain't even the best. It's like second, no, it ain't even second. It's like somewhere in the 100th best. Why? Because you got it on your own. God had so much more for you. And you got it on your own. 
Amen? Amen. And, and you're still looking to get things because of what you've done rather than who He is. You should expect good things in your life every day. Every person here should expect good things in their life every day. Because you're a child of God. You know, Ramsey was like that. She would come home and see a bag on the table. She just thought that was hers. Why? She expected us to do something good for her all the time. Why? Because we did it so much. We didn't spoil her. We just loved her a whole lot. And she was the only one we had, so she got all of it. <laughs> Glory to God. That's how we should be. When we, when we walk in, we go, I don't wonder what God's got for me here. I know it's something good because it's all He has all day long. Good stuff in my life. I'm just going to seek Him and just let the good things happen. Glory to God. But you're seeking God. You're not looking for the good things. You just know they're going to be there because you're seeking God. Know what you have because of who you are. Amen? You want something and you don't get it. You kill and covet, but you still can't have it. Why? Because you can't get it that way. Why? He's talking about people and their flesh. They're trying to get things through fleshly ways. And you can't get it that way. He said, you, you covet, you kill, you can't get what you want. You quarrel and fight. But here's why you don't have, because you don't ask. Man, people read that verse and they're like, what? All i got to do is ask? And man, they stop right at that verse because they don't want to read the next one. Hmm? I mean, all i got to do is ask? And you got people all over the world in, sitting in churches believing that all they have to do is ask. But they got to get rid of the front half of this verse first before you ask. Because if you ask with all this in your heart, the next verse comes into play. And the next verse says, when you ask, you don't receive. Man, this looks like just a lost cause now, doesn't it? I can't have because I don't ask and I don't ask. And so I, then I ask, but I can ask and I can't receive. Why can't I receive? Because we ask with wrong motives. In other words, if everything that's happening in the first part of James 4.2 is in your life, your heart's motivation is not God. It's getting it's getting. I remember when I, man, when I was a little kid, Brother Copeland, man, I had, every, I had cassette, and people say, you, when you were a little kid and then you walked away from God, yeah, people are stupid, forgive me. <laughs> man, every night, every night, I'd come home, push those tapes on, it ran all night, listen to Brother Copeland, man, prosperity, prosperity, and you know Brother Copeland, he preached prosperity. Yeah. I listened to prosperity, prosperity, prosperity. And man, I, got, I grew older, and I didn't get a hold of it one bit. I thought it was God giving me stuff. That's what I thought. Went into business thinking that same thing. Man, if I just believe God will give me stuff, He'll give me stuff. Wrong again. That's, that's not even a quarter of a verse. Man, I drove a business into the dirt until bankers laughed at me. And said, not only should your business not be open, we don't even know how you're going to eat this week. And we for sure are not giving you money. Because you couldn't pay it back in a zillion years. 
And I was asking every day, oh God, help me. Help me to prosper. I know Your Word says You take pleasure in my prosperity and You wish above all things that I prosper. Lord, I know, I know, I know what Your Word says about prosperity. But I did not know God. I wasn't seeking the Father. I was seeking what the Father had. And guess what I was getting? Nothing. But I was asking. Asking every day. And saying, I don't understand these people over here. They said they got stuff. You help pay their bills. I can't even eat this week. I don't know if I'm going to get a check this week. How am I going to go home? Tell Kim we can't get a check this week. God, surely I could get a check this week. He didn't do nothing. Why? Because He can't hear me. I'm not seeking Him. I might as well be praying to prosperity. Because that's how much I'm going to get. We cannot seek the, the things that God has and find God. We have to find God. And then you'll be happy when He says, be content with such as you have. You have God. I guess you can be content with everything, can't you? You know, people say, oh, you should be poor. It says, be content with such as you have. Such as you have is He. How much do you got? Be content with Him. Okay, I'll be content with the Creator of the universe. And all the silver and gold are His. And the cattle on a thousand hills, His. So I guess I can be content with that. If i I got to be content with that, fine. Glory to God! (laughs) No, this isn't anything like first service. (laughs) That's kind of good. You get two sermons all on the same day. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You have not because you ask not. Why? I was asking amiss. I was not asking the Father. I was asking God if I could have this from Him. I didn't really want Him. But but I wanted what He offered. Right? You know, I don't, God, you you seem like good God, but I really just want the prosperity. Why? Because if you get the prosperity without God, you can do what you want. Little did I know, He already had a plan for me and it was what I wanted to do. Amen? If we just trust that He's a good God and He has a good plan for our lives, we would seek Him first and all those things would be added to us. We wouldn't have to ask amiss because we'd be asking for His will. And we'd be in the center of His will every day seeking Him. God, what would You have me to do today? We wouldn't be praying prayers like, Lord, I need, Lord, I need, gimme, gimme. Lord, help me, help me. We'd be praying like, Lord, You're so good. Show me more of who You are so I can show others more of who You've been. Amen? I'll tell them that you'll be pleased with their prosperity because you will. Because you'll give them prosperity as they seek You. You, you can't seek the Lord without, without gaining prosperity. Why? Because when you find Him, that's where it'll be. But if you don't find God, you'll never be where prosperity is. Because prosperity is not a number of money. It's a place of being. Everything He has is an eternal, glorious place to be. And person to be. And every time we seek Him, we find more of who we are. And as we find more of who we are, we become like Him. And now, when He says, ask for what you will, you ask for His will. Why? Because what you will is what He wills. Why? You're now one heart. 
you've sought the Father so much that you're now one heart and one mind. And when he says, ask me, he knows. He's like, well, watch him, watch him. He's getting ready to ask me for something I already wanted him to have. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Look at Second Chronicles. Chapter 1, verse 7. Whew. This makes me happy just talking about God. Man, I remember when I figured it out one day, and I'm still figuring more out, but, and I started seeking the Lord. And he said, I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? I don't care about all this other stuff. I said, I care about what you want me to do. And he said, why don't you go help with inner city kids? And I said, well, anything but that. <laughs> I really don't like little dirty kids with snotty noses. And I always feel bad because, you know. And he said, that's what I want you to do right now. And, and, and teach Bible studies. I said, oh, I can do that. Man, I got Rick, man, we started teaching Bible studies. Man, Sunday school classes. Every night of the week. Man, you couldn't have pulled me away from the TV most nights of the week. This was my heart now. I wasn't doing it to get something. I loved it. I loved the Lord. And when we got together, all we did was talk about Him. And when you came out of Bible study, you weren't ever sad except for the people that were making fun of you because you were saying God was good. You were sad for them a little bit because they argued with you for a whole hour. Well, God ain't good. He'll do this. He'll do that. No, God's good. We promise. We're not trying to lead you astray so you'll get hit in the head. Is that what some people think when you tell them God's good? Oh, they're just telling you that so your life will wreck. No. We're telling you that because He is. And He's got a good plan for you. And man, when I started doing those, the cares of this life were no longer my cares. And all of a sudden, one day, I was prosperous. And then, my business started making money. Right after I became prosperous. Glory to God. And you know what? I can take absolutely no credit for it because I did nothing except watch God do it. Amen. And I, wait a second, I lied. I didn't even watch Him do it. I went and did Bible studies and He did it while I wasn't watching. Glory to God. And then he put me in the ministry. <laughs> he had to give me this. Because this would have, if somebody said, will you be preaching in front of people someday? I'd have said, uh-uh. No. No, I, in fact, is the first thing they, they, they said when I came here. They said, we're going to need parking lot people. I said, <clears throat> and they said, no, not you, Dave. <laughs> they said, you sit there. I actually thought I was in trouble. <laughs> you sit there and you know what I've been sitting here or in a seat right here every day since that day the Lord has blessed me the Lord has blessed me not by seeking the front seat not by seeking the riches not by seeking the, the debt free or seeking the big boats or the big cars or not by seeking what he has by seeking who he is loving him and when I see my flesh getting off track and start seeking some of the things of this world again, it, it, it makes me feel icky. And I can't think of a better word than that. It makes me feel icky. 
And we all do it. You know, you slip into it and you're like, wait a second, devil, leave me alone. That ain't me no more. I don't desire for those things. I don't desire to set out a church and go do my own things. And do... No. I desire to be around the Word of God. I desire to have the angels of the Lord encamped around me. I desire to be in His presence. I desire to be filled with His Word and filled with His love. And I desire that when somebody asks me a question, the answer that comes up and out of me is His answer. And when I ask something from Him, I'm only asking what I know He would have me ask. Glory to God. Not by divine revelation, because it's in my heart. (laughs) Call it divine revelation if you want. I want the heart of God. I want the very heart of God. 1 Chronicles 1-7. Solomon. (laughs) Solomon. Solomon was going to be king, and God appeared to him in the night said to him, Ask me, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Now that is a pointed question when the, the Lord of the universe that creates everything and nothing is too hard for him, and he says, Ask me for what you want me to give to you. What's it say in the King James? Ask what I shall give you. Man, that's the Lord. Open door. <laughs> Did Solomon run back and say, wait a second, Lord. Got a list. <laughs> Let me run back to my bedroom. Been writing this down for you. Corvette, big boat, uh, lots of money. Uh, extra time off so I can enjoy all these things. <laughs> you know, many of us would do that. Right? No, I believe 100% in a vision list. I do. Vision list, we have them every year. How many of you got a vision list? Gotten things off your vision list. Why? Because that's God's vision for you. The things you get are God's vision. Amen? He wants you to have all those things. He's a good God. But within our vision list, I want more time to be with God. Hmm? I want to come across one person a day that I can witness to. What, what, what a vision. Huh? Well, I love the giving part of the vision. Why? Because it says, I want to give. I want to give. And I love then, what would you have me do for you? Because God gives God a chance to be who He wants to be to you. Your Father. It's all a good thing, but you've got to keep the right heart. Amen? Solomon didn't run back and say, oh, let me get my list. Let me get my list. He didn't have to. Why? Well, it tells us why. So he says, ask me for Solomon answered God. And he said, you have shown great kindness. And see, people would already think that he's weird today because he's answering God like he's right there. Right? He was, wasn't he? Exactly. But see, people, don't let people call you weird and talk you out of talking to God. Stand in your mirror and talk to Him like He's standing right next to you because He is and He's inside you. Talk to Him and hear Him back. And trust that you're hearing. Just know that if it ain't good, it ain't God. (laughs) Glory to God. He says, You've shown great kindness to David, my father, and have made me king in his place. Now, Lord God, let your promise to my father David be confirmed. 
For you have made me king over a people who are as numerous as the dust of the earth. Who made him king? God. Notice this, notice this about somebody that's got the heart of God. They also realize where, how they got where they're at. Somebody that has the heart of God knows why they are where they are. They also have humility. Right? He didn't say, well, I'm king. You know? You told David, my father, I'd be king, and now I am king, just like you said. So I'm pretty great. Uh, I'd like some people to tell me I'm great, as a matter of fact. Need some, need some great sayers. We could have people just standing around saying, oh, great Solomon. You don't, people that have the heart of God don't get the big head because of position. Mm-mm. No, because they remain the same person they were. Why? Because they were someone seeking God. They were a child of God already. It doesn't matter if you're the king. You're already higher than that if you're a child of God. Hallelujah. You know, somebody comes to you and tells you there's something, you say, whoa, that's really cool. You know what I am? Child of God. Yeah. Huh? And good news, you can be one too. Huh? I know, man, being the president's great, but you could be a child of God. There's no position higher than that. And it's always open. Nobody's higher than you. <laughs> You're a child of God. <sighs> this is good. I'm having fun. For you have made me king over a people who are as numerous as the dust of the earth. Give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people for who is able to govern this great people of yours. What did he just ask for? He just asked for a gift that would bless the Lord. He said, give me wisdom and knowledge so I can help you. He didn't ask for anything for himself. He did ask for not one thing for himself. He asked for a gift of helps to help the Lord. He said, you give me your wisdom and your knowledge so I can govern your people. In other words, I'll do this for you if you'll put you in me. You put you in me and I'll do it for you. That's what he said. What, what kind of a blessing do you suppose that was to the Lord? I just told him he can have anything he wants and he wanted a gift for me. You know how much that blesses a father when their kid chooses the most right thing possible? That he didn't just choose to follow God, he chose to follow God as one of his own. He didn't just choose to do right, he chose to be right. Oh, there's so much better in being right than doing right. Doing right is an act. Being right is a life. And he chose to be right. And he said, he said, give me wisdom and knowledge that I may govern this people of yours, your people. He didn't know, they're your people. I'm the king of your people. Right? What kind of king's that? Well, I'm the king of his people. That's the best kind of king right there. Right? A God king. I like that. God said to Solomon, here's how happy God was. He said, since this is your heart, 
See, see now that this is where this is where this is where we're talking about. This was the motivation of Solomon's heart. The reason he asked the question he asked is because he loved the Lord. He wasn't looking for what the Lord had. He was looking for the Lord. Amen? And his heart's desire was to be a blessing to God. That was his heart's desire. And God said, since this is your heart's desire, and you've not asked for wealth, riches, or honor, nor the death of your enemies, and since you've not asked for long life, and, and, but for wisdom, in other words, you haven't asked for anything that the flesh would ask for. You didn't ask for anything your flesh desires. Man, I want to be like that. When God asks me what I want, don't you guys? Man, when God asks you what you want and His heart floods out of you, glory to God. And you give the answer that is right because of the motive in your heart, not because you knew the right answer. You can't study for this test. This is in you and on you. It is who you are. And you answer this way because of who you've become, not because of who you were. Amen? And God said, because you didn't ask for any of these things? He said, and you, but you asked for wisdom and knowledge to govern my people, to help me? You asked for something to help me? And people are saying, man, I've got to think of something to help God and go ask Him. No! It doesn't work. See, that's how, the, that's how the flesh mind thinks. We want to think of a way to get it. And God's saying, be it. And you'll never have to think of a way to get it. This is who Solomon was. That's what he said. He said, since this is your heart. He's saying, this is who you are, Solomon. He said, and because it's who you are, this is what you'll have. He said, you are my heart. You are my child. You are seeking after my things first. This is Matthew 6.33. And he said, because you're seeking after my things first, he said, he said and, I, and, and over, over, to be a king over my people, therefore you'll have exactly what you ask for. Wisdom and knowledge will be given to you. And... And, what's that sound like? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and. You can't seek God and not find His goodness. It follows Him. It surrounds Him. It is Him. You will find yourself loving people like you've never loved them before. You start seeking the Lord. You'll have answers. When people ask you something or they do something to you that normally would have made you mad, you'll, you'll, love will flood out of you. And you'll answer like, like Solomon asked. Because when you seek the Lord, you find the Lord's ways. And you begin to operate in His ways, out of His heart, in His desires, in His will. That's what being in the will of God's about. It's not a place you go to. It's a place you live in. You don't visit the will of God. That's, what, that's how we've been, man. We're, we visit. Ah, I was in the will of God all day today. Why don't, why don't we just live there? I want to live there. I'm tired of visiting. I got, I got a bedroom there, I know. I'm one of His children. I must have a room there. <laughs> when we seek 
the person of God, the love of God, the being of God. We find the goodness of God and we become the heart of God. We become the very heart of God in the earth. And when we walk somewhere, and we take His love with us. We take His answers with us. We take His goodness with us. We take His peace with us. Everything that He has made us to be goes with us because of who He's made us to be. Amen? And, and you'll have wealth and riches and honor such as no king who was before you or ever had and none after you. None. None like you before you and none like you after you. In other words, you're getting ready to get God rich. (laughs) Because His answer put Him, made Him prosperous. And it enabled God to do exceedingly, abundantly, above what Solomon asked or thought. Solomon asked for wisdom and knowledge to rule the people. And God said, because you've asked with a right heart, with my heart to bless me, I'm going to bless you. And you will be the richest king that ever lived anywhere ever. And he was so rich that silver lost its value because he had so much that they just went and stored it up. It it had no value anymore because he had too much of it. Why? Because that's our God. He doesn't quit. When He starts giving you silver, you get it all. And if He says no one's going to ever have more than you all the days of your life, be guaranteed, I don't care how rich a person is today, they don't have more than Solomon had. And they never will. Why? This all started with Solomon's heart for the Father. Right? And the Father's heart to bless His children. That's the God we serve. And when we serve and we seek Him, we'll have everything that He is. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen? He's prosperous. He's kind. He's good. You want to you have love for people? You want to walk in a greater patience? Follow God. Seek God. Don't seek patience. Seek God. People say, i got to study up on patience so I'll get more. No, you get patience by studying up on love, and love is God. You can't get patience by studying patience. Right? We talked about patience and what we find out. It's out. It comes out of love and God is love. And so you study God, you get love, and you have patience. Right? Why? Because you become who He is. He's love. When you're born again, guess what you are? Love. If God is love and you're His child, what are you? You are a love child. And it ain't no 60s love child, neither. It is a true child of love. Glory to God. So as we seek Him, we'll have His best. I think we're done. Stand up, everybody. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. You got a song, Michael? Sing it, Rick. Won't you come close? God, you're so good. God, you're so. Good. 